I don't want to offend you, but I want to tell you that I fear most believers in this room. And I think a lot of you are believers. I believe, I'm sure there's some that have religion. You've never experienced an intimate relationship with Jesus and, and really began to walk with Him. But for every one of us who know Christ, we remember a moment in our life when we repented or turned from our sin and turned to Jesus Christ and not only by faith, not only believed Him up here, but began to, to choose to follow Him and He became our Lord. At that point, we have a choice to make. And it's how we're going to live. One of the men said on the way out of the 8 o'clock service, we're either going to live uh, and die in doubt or we're going to walk in faith. I wonder if you and I really know what biblical functioning faith really is. You see, faith is not just wanting something so bad. You know, I I hear people say, well, I have faith. Well, I want to almost, I actually want to say to them, well, show me what what did the Lord say to you? Because you can't have faith until you have a truth. Finish this with me. I think most everybody in the room knows the verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by and hearing by the... So in other words, you can't really have Bible faith unless you are spending time in His Word, number one, and you're choosing to not only see His Word, but hear it and believe it and act on it. Respond in faith. Now, if you want to see people and see illustrations of this, go in Hebrews chapter 11, where we're going to be in a moment, and start looking at those stories. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Abraham. And it goes on and on. People that learn this mystery. You know what a mystery is? A mystery is a previously hidden truth. It's in the, It's truth. But it's hidden to you until you discover the mystery. This is one of those messages you can't half listen and do your grocery list at the same time and really understand. You can't think about uh, your chicken you're going to have for lunch and mashed potatoes and really get this. So I want you to have a pencil or pen handy, and I want you to listen, mark notes in your Bible, because this may be the day that somebody's miracle happens when they begin to really understand the principles of faith. Can I tell you, most of my Christian life, <clears throat> I thought I knew what it was, and then I will be forever grateful for some people in my life that lived it out. My stepfather was a man of faith. He, he took God at his word. I hadn't planned to tell this, but I remember when his daughter, Barbara, who's now in heaven, was lost. She lived in the state of Washington. Her lifestyle was extremely different than a believer. That's all I'm going to say right now. But it was bad. And her father, the only child he had uh, biologically, he adopted all of us too, but, but he loved her so much. He told my mother, he said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take off work for 30 days, and I'm going to go up and find me a little cabin in the mountains. Some of you all heard this story. And he said, I'm not going to eat a bite until God speaks to me about my daughter. He drank water out of the stream that ran behind the little cabin, and it was rustic. He took his own cot, no bed in it. Had an outhouse. And day after day, he cried out to God, buffeted his body, and didn't give his body what it wanted on food. And he cried, God, by the way, this ain't for everybody. You better know God's leading you to do this and talk to your doctor. But you better know God's in it. He knew it. He went up there, and he didn't come back. We thought he was going to be gone a month, but he went and be gone about three weeks. And he come rolling in the house with a big old grin on his face. 
He said when he was praying, listening for God, the Lord spoke so clearly. All he had was his Bible. And God let him know through the word that everything was going to be all right. Now, faith is, after God speaks, now he hadn't seen it come to pass yet. His daughter, he didn't even know where she was. Hadn't heard from her. He just knew the Lord had heard him and was going to save his daughter and bring her home. Now, he just was so convinced of it, he started telling everybody about it. And they said, well, how do you know that? He said, because God let me know. I wondered for years how he ever understood that. And the other year, I was digging around in his stuff, Pastor Cameron, and I really wanted a workbook because the man that taught me the principles of faith's name was Manly Beasley. And you can't find them anywhere. And I dug around and found in my stepfather, Arthur Justice's stuff, an old red faith workbook with black electrical tape on the side of it. He had tapped in to what I'm getting ready to talk to you about. And look here, I'm telling you something. It's not going to be shallow. We're going deep this morning. He got home, went back to work. He was a sheet metal mechanic. Two weeks later, the telephone rang. It was his daughter. She was in the state of Washington. She said, Daddy, I'm coming home. He said, I knew it. He didn't act surprised. He had tapped into God's eternal resources. And he said, the Lord already let me know it. She came home, listen, she came home, she came to our house. I can't tell you the whole story. I don't even remember how long it was before. But he, he did, he'd already had his substance. His substance was his faith. We're going to see that in a minute. And it wasn't long after that that she got saved. Bought a little house out in Irwin, and my daughter Stephanie lives in that house right now where she lived. And she's in heaven right now with her daddy on the other side, because somebody chose to find out what God wanted instead of what we wanted. Now, look at your Bibles. I have two or three thoughts, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, it's, ten, it's three minutes till 11, and I love everybody in the room, but I intend to finish what I've started here. And if you're taking medicine, it won't hurt my feelings. If you Now, some of you, you bound... You, you, you may be walking in the scene so much that you want to get in line before all the white meat's gone at the buffet. If you do, it won't hurt. Just do it as quietly as you can because some of us want to know what God has to say this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, and I'm preaching on a faith lift. A faith lift. But call to remembrance the former days in in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. Father, I'm asking you in Jesus' name to, by the power of your Holy Spirit, teach these truths forever, seal them on the hearts of every saint in this room, and for those who are lost, may they be saved by faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, I want you to see the fight of faith. Now, before I tell you about the fight, let me go ahead and tell you what faith really is and what it's not. Faith is not hope. That's where it starts. That's where most Christians, that's where they start and end. Look at verse 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Most believers know nothing about Bible faith. Now, look, some of you are new believers, so this is all, this will be fresh for you. But some folks have been walking with God for a long time and still not learned the principles of faith. And they pray and say, God, oh, I want you to do this. Lord, I want you to give me this. It's like they were saying about that song, which, by the way, all of them blessed me this morning, but that thankful song. God all over me this morning. You know, we, we want God to, to do what we want Him to do. And so we think, well, God, I want you to do this. Give me this. I want this. And that's hope. 
you don't have a Bible verse. You don't have a truth from Scripture. God hasn't confirmed to you that it's done. You just are hoping for something. But faith is more than that. Faith is taking God at His word. Can we say that together? Faith is taking God at His word. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So it's interchangeable. You can't have one without the other. Faith, listen to this, is turning the unseen into the seen. Did you hear what I just said? The Bible says the things which are, are seen are temporal. Did you know everything you see around here? That piano, it's going to burn up. These chairs, by the way, I was noticing they're looking kind of worn. There's holes in some of them, big old spots. <laughs> and I remember when they were new. I thought we just got them a year or two ago. It's probably been 10, 15 years ago now, hasn't it? It's going to burn up. This building, everything you see is temporary. You can, these bodies, they're temporary, Ernie. Every bit of it. But the things which are unseen, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You know this verse, verse 18. The things which are unseen are eternal. Eternal. Now, now, where does the fight start? Well, I'll tell you when it started. Do you remember when you came to Jesus the first time? You weren't, you weren't saved yet, but you heard the gospel. You knew that Jesus died, was buried, rose again the third day. You knew he loved you. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you remember when you saw it? Do you remember what happened? You didn't just run to the cross right then and say, Okay, I'm ready to get saved. No, I'll tell you what happened. The devil came and the flesh came and said, If you get saved, you're going to have to quit drinking. Which, by the way, <laughs> I said this in a church the other day and scared the life out of the pastor. I drink all the liquor I want to drink. I'll just tell you that. I do. I just don't want no more. I don't want any more since I got saved. I'm drinking from a different fountain now than I, I was drinking then. Did you see? Well, I never drank before. <laughs> Grew up, my mother wouldn't let me. I, she didn't let me. My brothers did. They snuck and done it, but I didn't do it. Strongest thing I ever drank was straight-up Pepsi. I'm not talking about Diet Pepsi, Pepsi Zero. You try to drink one of them, it'll burn you going all the way down. That's the strongest thing I've ever had. But, but look here. What I'm telling you is this, listen, faith is turning the unseen into seen. It's not a leap in the dark, it's a leap into the light. The Word of God reveals God's will to us. It's turning the eternal truth of God into reality in our life. Oh, I want to illustrate this so bad, Lord, but I'm not going to. Number one, the fight of faith. Remember the fight that went on? You wanted to get saved. You thought about it, and you almost did. And then the enemy would come and say, no, you better not. And your flesh would say, no, you won't. you'll have to stop this. You'll have to go to church. You'll have to do this. How many have learned? And get ready, here's a good place for an amen. When you get saved, you have a desire to do the things of God. And if you don't have a desire, then you may not ever got saved. There's a fight. By the way, I saw it in the Bible the other day. You know when the fight really started? The fight really started. I thought it started in Genesis. No, no. It started before that in eternity past. When the devil decided he was going to be his God. He started trying to change the will of God. And then in the garden, do you remember what the, the serpent came and said? Hath God said he was questioning what we have to have to have faith? You remember when God started calling you, Jeremy? Pastor Jeremy, do you remember this? I, I mean, I, I still remember the struggle you had when you got saved. And then after you got saved, God started calling you, and the enemy was saying, what do you mean? You can't follow me. You're a plumbing guy. You work at the plumbing house. God can't use you. 
And God would take you and mold you and, and still cutting things off of you and, and use you as an influence to children and young people in this community and all around the place because God's plan was that. And it was a matter of whether I'm going to believe God and take Him at His word or I'm going to step back and believe that, it, that none of that really happened and I'm scared to death and I'm not going to follow the Lord. Every person in this room knows what that's about. And you at least had faith one time in your life if you're saved. You had enough to believe God, trust Him for your salvation, and you're born again right there. For most people, it stops right there. Because the fight, it's a big old fight. And by the way, it don't stop after you get saved. Some of you have an opportunity right now. And you, you're, and by the way, you've consulted everybody else. You've talked to everybody else to find out what they think you ought to do. Why don't you quit looking to everybody else and get your Bible down and get along with God and cry out to Him to say, Lord, show me what you want. You know why He preaches the Word of God here like He does all the services? You know why we teach Bible? You know why we encourage you to bring your children and make a priority of the house of God? I'll tell you why. Because the Word of God planted in you will produce faith. You want children of faith? Get them underneath the Word of God. But there's a fight going on. They'll have a fight the rest of their life. I'm either going to believe God or I'm not going to believe God. Number one, the fight of faith. Verse 32, but call to remembrance the former days in that which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. I could say more. Look at verse 35. Cast not away your confidence, for it hath great recompense of reward. When you do have faith and you do honor God, I wonder if there's anybody in this room that knows what that's like. Let me tell you something. It was a faith step when we built this tabernacle. There had never been a building this big in our county uh, as a church. They laughed at us. There's a man that's sitting in the 8 o'clock service that was a deacon in a local church back when we built this building. That's before we ever knocked out the walls, added the middle balconies and the upper balconies. We built the first building. You know what those men said in the deacon's meeting? They said that'll be a warehouse one day. They'll never make it. And look, if we were doing it ourselves, we would have never made it. But God had spoken. I still remember what he said. There's a scripture in the, in the book of Psalms that says, I, Behold, and I was praying one morning early, and the Lord said, I will set you in a large place. <laughs> I come back to church the next service. I said, Church, God wants us to build and have enough faith to believe. We're going to win people to Jesus and honor God and reach more people for Christ. And how many times have we had this building filled? And by the way, the world's telling you church now is never going to be the same and we're never going to reach people and they're not going to come back and they're not going to fill a building. Hey, you find me where God says that and I'll believe it. But God doesn't say that. We may have to do it a little different. We may have to have a dozen services. I don't know. It won't matter what we have to do. We're going to still reach the people. Look, all I'm telling you is first there's a fight of faith and you've got to decide if you're going to cast away your confidence in the fight, are you going to stand on the Word of God and say, Lord, it's not because I feel this. It's because I believe what you said. If you said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Actually, because you said it, that settles it. But I'm getting in on it with you, Lord, because I choose to believe it. Number two, not only do we see the fight of faith, but I want you to show you quickly the flight of faith. Here's a man or a woman that one day walked in faith. They lived by faith. By the way, you know why we don't have much faith? Because we got too much. I'll show you the greatest, the greatest people of faith anywhere are people that are in other countries right now that are having to believe God for the next meal or feeding their children or families. We are puffed up with pride and we've got too much. What happened, though, to that man or woman you used to be that could take God at His word? 
I'll show you what happened, verse 38. For the, Now the just shall live by what? Faith. Look at this. But if any man, any person, draw back, my soul, this is God speaking, shall have no pleasure in him. Oh, my goodness. One of the, most, the worst things I think ever could be said of a person is that for God to look you in the eye and say, I have no pleasure in you. Well, who does he say he's not going to have? Hey, another place right over here in the next chapter says, but without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. So watch this. Not only is it impossible to please him, he said, I ain't going to have no pleasure in you. If you have been a person of faith, watch this, and you start drawing back. You used to believe. Somebody asked me the other day, why are you retiring? You're not that old. I said, well, thank you for saying I ain't that old. But number two, I'll tell you why. Because I don't have vision for the future. Because God has spoken. And God has brought us the leader for the next. I've got to do my years. I have faith to believe when God starts changing things, He's the one in charge, and we ought to yield to Him. Amen or not? This ain't my church. ain't yours. Not yours either. It belongs to Him. And the flight of faith is when you used to be a person of faith, but now you're just drawing back. You don't believe God for nothing. Some of you, listen, you might be teaching a class or you got a small group. You don't have enough faith to believe God can add anybody to it. Your children are going in one direction. You're scared to death, but you don't know what in the world you're going to do. Instead of getting along with God, you have no faith. You just worry yourself to death. You live in fear. Oh, my candidate didn't get voted in. I wonder how many people didn't even go to church last Sunday. <laughs> because preacher, I just couldn't come. I, my nerves is all to pieces. I, our country's in trouble. And I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know what John Bruha, that great theologian in our church, said to me the other day? He said, the sun come up the next morning just like it did the day before. That's what he said. He's right, too. Let me tell you something I know. I know God is still on the throne, and I know His Word is mine, and I can tap in to what He has to say. And the last time I checked, everything's all right in my Father's house. And it's going to be all right. Now watch, watch this. The fight of faith, it's going on. It'll go on till you die. Get to heaven, there won't be no more fight. won't be no more devil. won't be no more demons. won't be no more flesh. But until then, there's a fight. Then number two... The flight of faith. You used to believe God, you step back. I'm drawing back now. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in it. Number three, I want you to see thirdly, the full assurance of faith. I found that word in chapter 10, but I want to preach it in chapter 11, verse 1. N now, that word has always grabbed me. If you hear anybody preach from this text, you know what? Most of them quote it like this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's not what the Bible says. Look at that little word the Holy Ghost put in there for you. Now, faith. Right now. Did you hear that? Not just, in the 20, not just in the first century. In the 21st century. Right now for a man or a woman that want to know what the will of God is. Would you like to know what the will of God is? Well, I think I would. No. Look here. You either want to know it and you will know it or you don't want to know it. And if you want to do your will, you don't want to do God's will. And if you want to know what God has to say and you want to live by faith and you want to see the eternal truth of God turned into a reality in your life, then listen to me. It all starts with that little word, now. God's not a God. Look here, I came across this the other day. And it blessed me so good. He's not only the God that, that was 
and the God that is to come. There's the one in the middle. Do you all remember this one? He's the God that is right now. Did you know he hasn't changed? Did you know his truth is still the same? And the thing that's worrying you so much and troubling you so much and the greatest challenge you're facing in your life, did you know that God has a word about that? Did you know that God can speak through His eternal Word to your given situation right now and let you know what His will is by His Spirit through the Word? You say, show me that in the Bible. Well, let's look at it. Verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Don't stop with hope. The substance of things hoped for. Now watch this. The evidence of things, what? Not seen. That's that not seen stuff I was telling you about a minute ago. We're going going into that in a minute. For by it, did you see it? The elders obtained, listen to this, this is important, a good report. What elders? Abel, Sarah, Abraham, Moses, Enoch, the ones we're going to read about in the rest of the chapter, they got their report. They found out what God was wanting. Let me give you an illustration. When Abel was a little boy and his brother Cain, their daddy evidently taught them about a Messiah that was going to come and how he was going to be slain as they would slay an animal and shed the blood because the blood of the Messiah that's coming is going to, is going to be shed. Evidently he taught them this. And Abel evidently heard from God and got a word from God that this Messiah was real and that blood was going to be shed. And he brought an animal and shed the blood of that animal. Now his brother didn't get a word from God. It's a beautiful picture of a person that's walking by faith and one that's walking by sight. Hey, Cain's offering looked prettier than that dead lamb with blood dripping out of it. Looked a lot prettier. But there was no faith in that. There was faith in Abel's offering. I'm asking you right now to say to God, right while I'm preaching, Lord, this is a mysterious truth, but if it's something you want for me, and I'm telling you every daddy in this room and every man in this room needs to learn how to walk by faith for your family and your children. Every single adult in this room needs to hear from God and learn how to walk in faith. Every, every granddad, every grandchild needs to hear from God. Lord, I want to walk by faith and not by sight. You know why we're here right now? Because there were some saints years ago that were part of this church that when I jumped up, Pastor, and I gave my vision the way you did this morning, some of them said, by the grace of God, if God spoke this to my pastor and he's heard from God through his word, I'm going to give everything I need to give. I'm going to work every way I need to work. I'm going to pray every day when I need to pray because God said it, we believe it. And because of their faith, We have missionaries all over the world and young preachers mounting pulpits all over the South right now and in other places because of what? Because of faith in God. Not faith in a preacher. Not faith in a church. But faith in the Word of God. Now you're starting to get a little convicted, ain't you? You know why? I am too. We are real attached to this world. I want to show you something real real quick about how how we are in two worlds, and if we're not careful, we, <clears throat> sadly, we spend way too much time in, in the wrong one. Would you look with me, keep your finger here in Hebrews, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. I'm not long to finish. I ain't short either. 2 Corinthians 4. I won't be too much long, no joke. I, I, I want you to see this. 2 Timothy 
chapter 4. I apologize to the Sunday school teachers in the early hour. I didn't get this much in to the early hour, but I knew the Lord didn't want me to quit because somebody in this room, maybe not everybody, but somebody wants to live by faith. There's maybe a boy in this room. God's going to call you. I don't know. Maybe a girl. There may be a mom or daddy that decide to build a faith home. Teach your children by the way you live and walk to walk by faith and not... I don't know. But in in 2 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 18. 2 Timothy 4, 18. Nope, that ain't right. 2 Corinthians... Thank you, brother. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You know whose picture I got in here? Ethan Meyer's picture. You know why I got his picture in there? He gave gave me this picture the other day. Let me tell you why I got his picture in there. You listen to me? He's sitting back there. I don't want to embarrass him. Let me tell you what. Thank you for that little acknowledgement. That's his amen right there. Listen to me. You know what they told his mom and daddy? No need to have that baby. He won't ever think. He won't ever speak. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about faith. I hope you get this. This is real life truth that will change you. Not only can he think and talk the ears off a brass monkey. But I'm going to tell you something about him. I remember the day when he rolled down this aisle in his wheelchair when Junior Hill came to preach. He said, I'm ready to get saved. I remember when his daddy carried him, took the ventilator off and stuck his finger in the hole and we baptized him. I've watched him. He ain't perfect. But he's a, he's a boy that loves God and his life counts. And it was the faith of his mom and daddy and some of us. It was his faith. And I, I just want you to listen to this. This, this is the difference between the, the seen and the unseen. Look at verse 14, uh, verse 16. For which cause we faint not. A lot of people quit. They faint in their faith. But though our outward man perish... Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, we think it's bad, but to God it's just light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You wonder why you've gone through the fire? Why you've gone through what you've gone through? God's trying to give you faith. He's trying to teach you how to believe Him. Look at verse 18. While we look not, here we go, at the things which are, what? Seen, but, don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. God said, spend your life. Listen to this. It sounds crazy, but it's fact. Spend your life looking for things you can't see. Eternal things. Heavenly things. Faith-filled things. Look not for the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Turn back to Hebrews and let me talk to you about them two worlds just for a minute and bring this thing in for a landing. Watch this. When you got saved, you know what Jesus told Nicodemus? He said, you must be born a what? Again? Two births? You born two times. Have you been born from above too? You not only was born on this earth, me, April 22nd, 1960, But then I got born from above in 1972. So I became not only a physical being, listen to me now, but I'm a spiritual being also. 
Did you know, according to the Bible, I'm not really here right now. I'm seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, time means nothing to God. He already sees the beginning from the end. Let me talk about the difference between the seen and the unseen. You live in two worlds. You live in a physical world. That's everything you see around here right now. Listen, and you live in a spiritual world. You've been born again. Now, in the physical world, it's natural. This is a natural world. Guess what over here? Want to take a stab at it? How about supernatural? You say, well, I just don't believe in the supernatural. Then you don't believe this Bible, and you don't believe God. You live, look here, you're to live in two worlds at the same time, but way more attached to this unseen. This is the unseen side, see, the spiritual. Now, over here's the seen. The physical, the temporal, it's temporary. Everything over here is temporary. But on the spiritual side, it's eternal. It's the inward man is over there. The outward man's over here. Is anybody following me this morning? I'm talking about the difference between living in the flesh and living in the spirit. I'm talking about the difference between the seen and the unseen, from the natural to the supernatural. Now, you get to choose you can spend your life trying to do everything this world has got to offer for you to do. You can go here and yonder. You can buy this and that. And when you're done, you're still going to have a hole in your life because God has an eternal purpose for you and you're spending too much time over here and you need to be over here in the spiritual realm. When you are, God lets you in on things. You see, some of you right now are facing a battle for your life. There's a fight going on physically, and the doctors are saying, we don't know what to do. Well, why don't you talk to the great physician? Because not only does he know what to do, he, know, he knows what he's going to do. Now, that went right over about half of his head right there. And what happens the next time you get in bad shape? You're going to run to that doctor, and I'm going to tell you still, a lot of you still going to bust out of here. You're going to head to do something else, and you're going to seek fun and pleasure all your life, and you're going to live your life in the physical. When in reality, you're missing out on the unseen, eternal, beautiful promises of a life that God says is a faith life. Who do you know that walks by faith? And by the way, remember what I said, you can't separate faith from the Word. Preacher, what do we do? I'll tell you what you do. You get your Bible down. You turn that television off, son. And you say, Lord, do you have something to say to me about my business? Because we're about to close the doors, God. This pandemic is doing something to us. Lord, we've got decisions to make about our family. Lord, I'm, I'm going through this challenge with my husband or my wife or in our marriage. Listen to me. Seek the counsel of the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And you can find it within the pages of God's Word, the full assurance of faith. Let, watch this. For by it the elders obtained a good report. I'm asking you this question. Have you got your report? You live in two worlds. Have you, will you be honest and just say, Preacher, the truth is I've been spending way too much time in this side, in the physical, in the scene and not enough in the unseen. And by the way, what kind of heritage? We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. What kind of heritage are you leaving for your children? Do they know my daddy walks by faith? If I need to get to God, I can run to my mama. My grandmother knows how to get in the throne room. You say, I can't be that. What are you talking about? You could be that now. 
It's a choice you make to walk by faith and not by sight. And by the way, I'll meet with anybody. Pastor Cameron will. We'll encourage you. We'll talk to you. I'll just have time to give you one more little thing before we close. Faith for some people means God giving me exactly what I want. Lord, I want that new car. Lord, I want my health. I want to be more healthy than anybody on my road. Lord, I'd like to have more money at my job. And then when God doesn't do it, we just act like a pouting youngin'. I got news for you. I want to show you something here. After he lists all these people in faith, look at verse 13. This is real faith. These all died in faith. Now, I'm not just talking to you about living in faith. I'm talking about dying in faith. Not having received the promises. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if I get a promise from God and I'm believing Him, but you're saying I might not even live to see it? Hey, it's as real to you before it happens as it is after it happens. If God's already given it and He's already thanked you for it, remember, Papa came home and said, Hey, Barbara's going to call, told us. He had faith then. He had assurance then. He had joy then. He had peace then. You might have to be on the other side and look over and say, See, I told you it was going to happen from heaven. How many of you remember Lee Ingram coming to this church? Raise your hand if you remember. He was a mentor of mine, drove in from Fort Worth. Some of y'all remember him. Oh, what a man of God he was. Got sick. He's getting ready to die. He knew he was. He'd already talked to the Lord about it, and the Lord let him know. He ain't going to heal me this time. He's going to heal me by taking me to heaven. He drove all the way from Fort Worth here to be with us before he died. He made a statement that I, I wrote down because I want to share it with you, and it's real important because some of you are almost, you're not bitter, but you're frustrated because you hadn't gotten from God what you thought you ought to get. He said, faith, no, this is when he's about to go to heaven. He said, the resurrection proves that sometimes God doesn't always come through till after death. We want what we want. That's sight. God says, my eternal sovereign will is more important. The resurrection proves that sometimes God doesn't come through Till after death. By the way, he always comes through. He is faithful. But my mentor just heard me quote that from the other side. He's probably hollering right now in heaven, just yelping right now. And he's seeing by sight what he believed down here by faith. I got more, but the time is clicking. Later. I'm going to pick that up right there because that's about where I stopped in the early service. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to anybody else in this room besides me? Hey, if you're in two worlds, which one of these worlds are you spending most time in? Daddy, would you say to God, Lord, I'm sorry. My children have been watching me walk a lot more in the seen than the unseen. Not sure my wife even knows I'm a man of faith. Ma'am? What do you believe in God for right now? What are you willing to do for Jesus if he shows you in his word he wants you to? Who are you willing to become? Will you be the woman of faith? Will you be the man of faith? In a moment, I'm going to ask some of you to slip out from where you are.
just to come and pray. Kneel if you can, stand if you can't. Just to say, Lord, I need you to lift my faith this morning. I'm so weak. I'm so weak spiritually. Please increase my faith. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the influence of sweet old man of God in my life as a stepfather. And I thank you for Manly Beasley and Lord, the understanding of what it means to live in the unseen, to live in that world by faith. Thank you for giving me my report 36 years ago about coming here to Eastern North Carolina. God, how you've blessed. Oh, how we thank you. Thank you for giving this church a report that a young man and his wife and boys should come here and be our next generation leader. Thank you, Lord, for giving every one of us our report to come to you in faith. And now, Lord, I'm asking for some faith leaders. May we in faith embrace the vision. And, Lord, may today some daddy slip out from where he is and the the confidence rise in the heart of his wife, children. May single adults step out and say, I want to be a woman of faith. I want to be a man of faith. Lord, teach us to get in your word and to hear you speak. Change us by your power in Jesus.